Hello and welcome to the Friday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Warren and I am joined by my right or left-hand man, Stuart Watson, who's got a brand new shelving unit in his in his bedroom office. Looking good. Uh, yeah, boy. Uh, that's a, uh, a four by four cube storage unit. That's gonna uh, it's gonna tidy away any of your junk, any of your essentials. Um, stuck that together in about an hour, no problem. IKEA, home base, home base. Uh, yeah, boy, came with a uh, little Allen key, a few dowels. Is that what they're called? Little wooden dowels mm. that hold it all together. Uh, yeah, lockdown three, rock and roll. Just add a new bit of furniture every time. I love Allen keys. If we if we're asking about favourite tools, um, Allen key is the answer. Uh, moving on, Ross Halls, what's your favourite tool? And then we'll then we'll get started with the real quiz. Flathead, always a good old flathead screwdriver does the job. But then if what's the other what's the other screwdriver Phil- you need? Phillips. Yeah, Phillips one. Yeah. So I always I'm always I've always not got one of them or the other one, and I'm like I need that one to screw something in so i've got both now it's all good anyway good all sorted in the screwdriver department two screwdrivers for ross halls two new players for ipswich town seamless link let's go uh new arrivals through the door this week's due josh josh harrop and, and luke thomas we've been talking about both of those players for a couple of weeks um with recording this about 24 hours be- before ipswich take on peterborough at portman road every chance both of them will be involved let's start with Let's start with Josh Harrop, who's come on loan from Preston. Uh, what do you make of that one, and what can you tell us about about how that deal went down this week? Well, if we're continuing the tools analogy, I would say Josh yeah, Harrop is, is probably sort of the uh, the lock pick. Is, is is that a tool? He's going to be the one that adds a little bit more craft, and I would say Luke Thomas, who we'll come into in a minute, is is more of the perhaps a sledgehammer who's going to kind of uh, create things through force with his direct running. But um, the, the Harrop deal we thought was going to be the one that happened first. It ended up sort of being delayed by a, a day or so. That's because he comes a little less game ready than Luke Thomas. He hasn't played a huge amount of football for Preston this year. A um, couple of years ago, he, he had a whole season wiped out with a, a cruciate knee injury. Played a reasonable amount last year off the back of that. But this year, there's been a few little hamstring niggles along the way, which has stopped him being able to to train and play. I believe there's been a few injections into the knee along the way. So they had a pretty thorough medical for him. And it's a bit like buying a house. I used that analogy on Twitter this week that um, you agree everything, then you get your survey done, and then sometimes you can renegotiate. And I believe that's what happened with Harrop and Ipswich have actually managed to... Uh, to get the wage contribution down um, a reasonable amount this week off the back of that. So um, this is actually not that big a, a deal financially for Ipswich, which, um, you know, they need to be careful with every penny at the moment because of the salary cap deals. But, um, yeah, Manchester United pedigree. He scored goals in the championship last season. Hopefully he can add something in that final third where Ipswich have been falling short. What do you make of this one, Ross? I actually spent a bit of this morning watching, um, you know, Harrop's clips. You know, you always got those nice highlights on YouTube that people put together. And, um, yeah, it looks decent. You know, as you said, Stu said about the Maynard pedigree. Um, you know, we've had a different players from Maynard before. Lee Martin, 
less said about him, the better. Um, of course, Tom Lawrence, you know, what a lone spell he had at the club, scored 11 goals, something like that. All pretty much screamers, I'm sure, Stu. Were you covering town? You were covering town then, weren't you, Hutchie? Mm-hmm. Not with Tom Lawrence, no. I don't yeah. know if I ever saw Tom Lawrence play for Ipswich live, actually. But, you know, Stu, you know, once again, they are similar players, but, of course, they're not the same player. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Hopefully, you can add, you know, to some goals, more creativity. That's what we need. Um, of course, some fans will say, well, what about Dobro? What about you know, Judge playing in that 10 role? But I think it will just add something different that they don't really have. I think we could all look good on those clips videos. Do you reckon, do you reckon Ross, if using your video skills, do you think you could, having, you've seen me and Stu play football, do you think you could, do you think you could sell us to a League One club through a three minute highlight package video? I think so. You know, find a good tune to go with it, do some effects, slow mo. I think, yeah, possibly get you, get you a deal somewhere. Not, and show the same move about 15 times just to show just how good it is. Um, I, sp- I spoke to Josh this morning on Zoom. He did. He was the uh, the first one of the two new signings to be put up to do to do the media, and he he seems a confident seems a confident young man. He's um, said all the right things. He's he's here for the right reasons. He just wants to play. Currently living in a hotel room, which must be so strange to kind of move into a temporary job during a a global pandemic and not be allowed to hang out with your colleagues and get to know them. Um, and just sit in your hotel room all day, but he he can't wait to get going. And the, the thing, the thing that enthuses me most about him is is the set piece side of it. And I, we've probably only seen the good set pieces on these highlight clip videos. We saw with Luke Garbert that you can see all the highlights, but they're not always as consistent as you can see. But I think that that should offer Ipswich something a bit different, shouldn't it, too? That's been that's been missing since the first half of last season. Some some good set ball delivery. He he fancies them already. Yeah, massively lacking for some time. Apart from that little purple patch where Garbutts were excellent, they did tail off towards the back end of the last season. Uh, going further back, I think it's been a long time since Ipswich have been a consistent threat from set pieces. You're going back to sort of Bearer and Tommy Smith were always sort of, uh, and, and Luke Chambers as well, good bets to, to chip in with their fair share. Um, perhaps been overlooked a little bit, to be honest. We've been talking about the lack of chances created from open play, but if, if that if you're going through a little period like that where it's not happening um, from open play, at least pose a, th- a threat from set pieces. And the way Ipswich play, they, they force a reasonable amount of corners as well with the, the possession game, and you've then got to do something with them. And the, the corner deliveries even at Burton last weekend, were pretty poor from, from both sides, be it Alan Judge or, or Andre Dizel. So, um, yeah, I'm sure um, Harrop will be will be grabbing that ball as soon as the first um, free kick or corner goes Ipswich's way. Saying all that, they did score from a set piece at Burton at the weekend, didn't they, from a free kick? But Yeah. You're not, having, you're not having it? You, what, what's, what, what's ruled it out? Is it the deflection that's um, yeah. sour yeah. to you? Yeah, it's a massive deflection, isn't it? It's it's tapped short. Um, judge, it hits the first man and deflects up quite kindly for McGuinness. That wasn't... Um, yeah, I, I think uh, had that not ball ended up where it was, it would, we'd have been talking about another poor delivery that didn't, didn't beat the first man there. I think you're probably fair. But in, 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 in terms of Mark McGuinness and, and even Toto, Ross, they're two centre-backs that you would fancy... 
to get their head on these balls. I think Toto had a headed chance at Burton, didn't he, that he probably should have hit the target with. But they're two defenders that you would fancy to get on the end of something if, if there's the delivery there. Yeah, as we say, they're big boys, you know, getting there, getting ready to get the header in. I'm sure they're, they're always keen to to score from the corners, but maybe you've got to maybe look at the delivery. You know, you know, Dezel's had a fantastic season, but maybe his delivery isn't as good as we, we hope it can be. Uh, but, you know, as Stu said, you know, we had the likes of Tommy Smith and Berra scoring for fun. Even Chambers scored a few, you know, from corners as well. Um, I was watching, weirdly enough, I don't know why, I said this on a different pod, that um, I was watching Tommy Smith's um, like goals at town. Something it came up as a re- recommendation on YouTube, and he was very much a poacher in the box because sometimes you know it was a, a rebound save or whatever, and he was just there to to pick up the pieces and smash it home. Um, so maybe that's what we need to look at as well. Maybe they need someone. Some of our players need to be more alert in the box if a, a ball comes to them and hopefully score. So yeah, hopefully we can do that. Was there some kind of Tommy Smith overhead kick in there? Yeah, QPR. Some kind of game. But... Yeah, it wasn't it in like the ninety-third minute or something. Completely yeah, meaningless, yeah. but but beautifully wonderful all at all at once. Um, so that's Josh Harrop. Um, squad number fancies number thirty-three, which I would prefer to see in a wide area. If you're asking, um, Josh Harrop very much an, a number ten by design can play wide. 33 should be playing on a flank for me. It's going to be interesting where he, where he does play, isn't it, Andy? Because they've described him as now we seem to be obliged to call players' positions by their numbers. So he's an 8, a 10, or can play wide as well. So um, there's no doubt that Ipswich are going to stick to this 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, whatever number you want to put on it. Um, and he... My money's on him playing at the tip of that midfield three, and then they might they might move him wide if necessary. But I think he's been recruited mainly to play as that attacking midfielder, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think that's probably what swung swung this deal in Ipswich's favour because Hull we we gather were were interested earlier on in this in this process, but I don't think they could offer him a the the kind of not guarantee, but kind of a suggestion of the amount of regular football and also favoured favoured position. So yeah, yeah, I think ten ten is probably where we'll we'll see him um in his number thirty three shirt, which again should be playing wide. Um why so is thirty three a wide player shirt? It just is, because it's three, which is kind of left back territory. I thirty three, put him on the left wing please. He that should was be Bart's left number, weren't it? That's yeah, that yeah, that's goalkeeper. Anything goes though. But once you're above, once you're once you're ruled out of one thirteen, or in France sixteen, um, but thirty three, yeah, should be should be left wing Gary Roberts style for me. Uh, left wing, maybe right wing. Luke Thomas, number twenty seven. So that's that's the second deal of the week. Actually, the first one that was done. Ross, what do you think Ipswich needed a winger? Yeah, I'll, I'll say so because playing judge on the wing just just don't do it. Um, and I've once again watched the highlights of Luke Thomas, um, sort of quoting what Stu said. I'm, I watched a few of his clips, actually him tracking back and going into tackles. He had, there's a lot of clips of him doing that, which is um, good to see. I'm sure he's just lively. You know, he's still young and he a young age. He looked very quick. Uh, once again, can put great balls in, can beat defenders if if he needs to be. Um, so yeah, I think we do need a winger. 
Um, once again, people will say, use our players we have already. You know, why loan another player in? But a good thing as well, he's been playing games this season for Barnsley, um, which in our history of getting loan players in, most time they haven't actually played any games. At least he's got some match fitness and uh, it looks like he's raring to go. So hopefully he can add to some goals as well. So you'd think if everybody's fit, you'd have Thomas on one side and Guion Edwards on the other. Is that what we're thinking? And if you've got that, you've got you've got two players there that can contribute in all all three thirds of the field because Ed, Edwards is a bit of a scrappy more is a, is a scrappy kind of defender, isn't he? But he certainly puts the effort in. So are we, Stu? Are we are we thinking that obviously Guion is is right footed, Luke Thomas is left footed. Which um which side are you? Which side are you playing these two on? Are you an invert or a vert? <laughs> um, well, Gwynn Edwards will tell you and has insisted from day one that his favoured position is is cutting in from that left-hand side. That's where he did his greatest damage for Peterborough. We've barely seen him played in that role. Little, little cameos here and there, the odd start, but he's been mainly used on the right. Um thinking back to last weekend he was on the left wasn't he so um maybe that's a little precursor to, to Thomas playing on the right looking at the clips of him for Barnsley the, the solo goal he scored on debut against Fulham was him going down that right hand side and then sort of blazing across the, the byline to sort of cut inside and squeeze a shot in on on the angle um I think we might be seeing that the the old uh, inverted wingers, which we were told was was Lambert's thing quite early on. Um, we haven't seen a huge amount of it, have we? No, um, there's, there's been a few of Lambert's things that we haven't seen a large amount of. But I, I do think, I do think, kind of tooling up on both wings gives. I don't want to talk about rock and roll football because it's which is so far away from from what Lambert described as rock and roll football all those months ago, but. I think this gives you a chance have, having that this energy on the flanks. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do with two wingers like this. They've they've so rarely have had two kind of scampery attacking wingers in a side. Um, I'm looking forward to see what they can do because I genuinely think this could be their route to to being slightly more rock and rock and roll. Um, interestingly, this week. Um, the Barnsley manager Valerian Ishmael. Do you know what clubs? Any clubs that he played for? Can anyone anyone tell me his his footballing pedigree? No, where's he, Sorry. Where's he from? He's French. French isn't he? Oh, he's French. Uh, Toulouse. It's a nice guess. Uh, in, incorrect. He used to play for Bayern Munich, um, and and Crystal Palace, that well trodden path. I think he played for Bremen in there as well. A couple of other teams, but. Um, He's had some interesting things to say about about Luke Thomas's attitude, which he's he seemingly has questioned, um, suggesting that towards the end, i.e. the last couple of weeks since this loan move was in the works, that he's not been too impressed with um, with Thomas's attitude there, which um, which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure there should be too much read into that. If I'm if I'm completely honest, I think I think for me. I can see, I can see a young man who who just wants to play. Um, I think he made it pretty clear to Barnsley that he wanted to go and play, and it doesn't seem to me like the club completely agreed with that. Whilst also seeing that it would be best for him to go and do it, so I quite I quite like the 
if he's kind of been pushing to get this load move done and pushing to come to Ipswich, that, that's quite a that's a good thing, isn't it? For, certainly from Ipswich's point of view, irrelevant what Barnsley what Barnsley think. For me, that, that's a good thing, isn't it? What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a big big tick on the checklist, isn't it? You want someone who's hungry, a point to prove. That's Mick McCarthy first and foremost wanted that in every signing that, that players that have maybe. Maybe feel like they've got a, a few people to prove wrong, and then um, I think we get that feeling with Luke Thomas at the mm-hmm. moment. So he's uh, he, he should be relatively game ready because he's he's had a reasonable amount of football at Barnsley this season. Um, uh, he's the signing out of the two that I'm probably more excited about because Harrop's got a few more question marks in terms of injuries. Did they really need another ten when you've got Bishop and Judge? Um, sort of vying for that position as it was that I know we've talked about sort of tooling up and making sure that you've got a deep enough squad to deal with the schedule ahead arguably be a little bit overkill to now have Harrop, Judge and Bishop all going for those those positions in the sort of central role but um, Thomas um, I think they they needed him and I'm I'm excited about seeing him in action. Uh, peek behind the curtain, Ross has vanished, um, but we'll carry on regardless, won't we, Stu? And um, you spoke to Stuart Taylor this morning, who was interestingly doing um, doing press again ahead of uh, ahead of the game with Peterborough at the weekend. We'll move on to Peterborough later and talk about whether we see both these two new signings starting or not. But um, whenever it, whenever anybody, whenever a club signs a player, the very next press conference, the question is going to be: Is is that it? Do what, what other business do you see uh, do you see being done? The answer on this occasion wasn't no other business, Stu, uh, because an injury, another injury in the town camp means that there's the potential for, for something else to be done. Can you just fill us in on that? Yeah, Ollie Hawkins has undergone knee surgery. Uh, he's going to be out for six weeks, which looking at the amount of games coming up is going to mean that he's going to miss 13 games, which is about half of what's what's left. So, to throw into the mix as well, James Norwood had a little bit of fatigue in his hamstring last weekend at Burton. Um, I think he's probably played more minutes than anticipated since his latest return. Obviously, came on at half-time against Swindon, played an hour of the game. Obviously, got hooked after that little uh, set two with the fourth official, but the reason he was off the pitch before that is because he... He just felt his hamstring a little bit. So they've got to tread very carefully with James Norwood and hope he doesn't break down again. Um, Plus, Caden Jackson's missed a little bit of training at the start this week. He was left out of the 18 through choice. He was sat behind the substitute bench quite near to the press box at Burton last weekend, looking him and Emma Hughes looking thoroughly fed up, as you would imagine, when you when you're not even making the, the bench through choice and but still have to sort of go and go and travel just in case to these away games. So that leaves them really with Aaron Dryanen as the, the only fully fit striker going into the game against Peterborough now. Um asked Stuart Taylor will they be tempted to, to look at a striker? He said it's a conversation they've had. At the moment it doesn't look like that's gonna happen because of the salary cap constraints and everything, but I get the feeling, and speaking to people behind the scenes, if they could, they would. So we'll see whether it's a, a young one from a from a Premier League academy that won't won't obviously sort of affect the salary cap, possibly because if it's not, if it's someone more senior, it means another another one out the door. 
on that theme out the door that at the time of recording it hasn't been confirmed but it probably will be by the time by the time you're listening that they, they are moving a senior player out of the door Janoi Danassian who we talked about in fair detail in the last in the last podcast he's heading off to Fleetwood um that should be confirmed later today so that's that senior face out of the door now Stu which in theory that's freeing up room for Harrop to to come into the senior senior reckoning so like you say um any other any other business you're going to need to to cut further from what you've got which um which is going to be an interesting debate given given the feedback that that seems to have greeted Dynastian moving out because it seems that that's that's puzzled a few people given what's kind of left behind in the right back in the right back slot um what do you what do you make of this one ross this it's left it so it's quite thin yeah, definitely now we've got Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the next eight weeks or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I know Chambers is a fit boy, but he's 35 now. And I don't know if he could take not full 90 minutes for the next, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And you know, he's also good cover for left back. I don't know what the plan is for Miles Kenlock. He's on the bench, but I don't know if Lambert trusts him. Once again, Stephen Ward's 35. You know, he's not been the same player he first, you know, signed in the summer. Once again, he had that injury knock. I'm sure there's another injury, you know, for him in, in the coming weeks, possibly. I don't want to jinx that. But, yeah, um, and he can also play centre-half if, if need be as well, um, which Lambert said that is his position. Uh, it's a shame to see Genoi go, but it's been rotten on the wall for a while, hasn't it? And as I said last week, he's going to possibly a promotion rival, you know. So, because our fleet would up there. They're twelfth. They're a couple of games. They're I think they're a couple of games ahead of Ipswich as well in terms of games played. So there we go. Yeah, it's a head, it's a head scratcher this one, um, particularly when I think the list of the list of clubs that were interested in Genoa is up to around like nine or ten. It's like serious, some serious interest in him, both from both from League One and from League Two. Um, Fleetwood are the ones that have got their man. Uh, I think in an ideal world, Genoi would have Genoi would have liked to have gone back to Accrington, his his former club. Um, but that move hasn't happened. I don't think the stars quite aligned on the fi- finances side of things. Wigan were another one. Rochdale, Shrewsbury, Colchester United, um, and then obviously Plymouth, who we we talked about on the last pod, have had a permanent offer turned down around fifty thousand pounds, which is. An eighth? No, it's not. It's a sixteenth, maybe an eighteenth of what Ipswich paid for him. How's my maths? How many fifties are in are in seven fifty? Carry the one. Don't tell me. Fifteenth, a fifteenth of uh, of what they paid for him. So it's a strange old situation. Is it a risk you'd have taken, Stu? I'm not sure. It's one that I would have done. I, I think. I think on our on our I'm led to believe, I'll be honest, didn't watch it. You did a boot room video last weekend ahead of the ahead of the Burton game and you, you had him in your starting eleven, didn't you? Or at least at least very much in a, a ponderous conversation about it. Yeah, it wasn't a predicted starting eleven, but you know, it was a kind of an option that I might have looked at when they were talking about going back to basics after the Swindon game. Moving Chambers inside and putting Genoy in at right back would, would definitely be something that I would have been considering last weekend. I've said this on the pod before. I, I do fear that this is going to come back to bite them on the backside. I know they had to move somebody out 
to to bring people in to accommodate Harrop. I think Janoy wouldn't have been the first person that I was looking to. He's versatile. He covers both fullback positions, as Ross said. He's always been. He doesn't pull up any trees, but he's he's a as in your words a perfectly serviceable League One right back who has been consistent when called upon. You can be out of the cold for weeks on end. Parachuted into the team has always done a, a pretty good job and. Um, I do fear with the games coming thick and fast that the two thirty-five year olds at fullback is a ticking time bomb. Yes, Luke Chambers has proven over his career that he he can churn out these forty-five, fifty game seasons and he's he's pretty robust. But he's playing right back now and the intensity that's required to get up and down in that position, especially in this system, is big. And yes, he, he may be fit and be able to play the games, but can he play it to the to the levels that you need him to week after week? I'm not sure. Stephen Ward, as, as Ross said, I think has dropped off a little bit in recent weeks. I worry that there's an injury waiting to have someone who's already missed a few games with a little nagging Achilles problem. That, that raises some alarm bells for me. Um, and then you're pinning all your hopes on Kane Vincent Young sort of coming back. I mean, he's been out over a year. He's he's had a few little setbacks. Um, that that was Stuart Taylor's explanation about this this morning. Well, we've got Kane back on the grass, and hopefully he'll have another four weeks training next week, and we can start getting some some games into him. But um, no, That's in answer to your question, that? That's such a risk, like pinning anything on on a guy that's been out for fourteen months. That 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 that's that's crazy to me I, I would have been looking in midfield for for somebody to drop out of um to drop out of things and i think the the obvious one there is potentially emir hughes isn't it or, or cole skews who is currently out injured um particularly with brett mcgavin kind of for now for this season he's under the he's excluded from the cap isn't he for the rest of rest hmm. of this season is that right this, and then, he, then he'll be season, yeah and he'll become a cap a cap player next year. Yeah. Um, I've got four players in the danger zone in terms of if they were to bring in anyone else now and need to accommodate them. And uh, two of them were midfielders, Scoos being one, Hughes being the other. The argument with Cole Scoos is he's not played all season and he's, was he 34, 35 himself now? Um, I do think that if Cole Scoos was fit, he would still add something to this squad. I know yeah, there's debate did. about him not being the future and et cetera, et cetera. But I just think at times his little bit of experience and certain games, If but it's, it's just a big if, isn't it, in terms of where he's at fitness-wise. Again, it was the vaguest of updates on him. He's going he's going along fine, I think, was, was all Stuart Taylor said about him. So if he's not going to be fit, anytime soon, then is there any point him sort of taking up one of these spots? Hughes has not been doing it, has he? And then the other two would, would be the forward options. Freddie Sears is an obvious one now. You've kind of brought in a couple of players capable of playing wide. I think he he would be one. Obviously, Colchester have been sniffing around. I mean, they're down on strikers. We've talked about Drynham being the only striker. Freddie Sears is a striker, lest we not forget. So you might, you might want to keep up rather than going out and signing a striker. You, you, you could have a look at giving Freddie a go um, in in that role, and then the, the only other option I can see is is Caden Jackson uh, and selling him. If you if you don't think, having looked at him a couple of times in that wide right role, that he fits into the system that way, then if you think you can get a bit of money for him now, um, 
that could be an option, but I just don't see that now. I think that ship sailed after they rejected the money from Bournemouth back in the summer. I just feel like that that moment has passed. I don't know about you. Mm, it, it feels that way. Um, can I throw can I throw one more potential cap cut into this? And this is not something. This isn't what I would be doing because I think I've said a few times on here that he would be he probably would would be in my starting eleven. I would I would wonder whether James Wilson might be might be somebody that they look at in that regard. I, I don't I don't get the feeling that he's he's massively high on Lambert's list of um, Lambert's kind of priority list. I, I think he should be higher than he is. I would I would be I would have had him into that team ahead of Toto if you're going to split up the Wolfenden McGuinness partnership. But maybe maybe you can spare. Maybe you can spare Wilson if um, if you really needed to. That would that would leave Chambers would then need to become kind of your fourth your fourth centre half along with um, with Toto, McGuinness, Wolfenden. Um, I'm going to chuck him in. I don't think that will happen, and I don't think it should. But I I would be surprised if it wasn't at least kind of a conversation conversation that was had. Um, has anyone got any more? Transfer business before we move on to Peterborough. No other business. No other business. No other transfer business. Okay, then. Hands up if who's feeling daunted by Ipswich Town taking on Peterborough this weekend. If feel, I feel I feel daunted by it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It fills me with um, with a bit, a little bit of dread. How are you? How are you two feeling about it? I'm getting ready for a hammering. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's going to be one of those games where we said prior to recording that we, we need to score first to have any chance to get anything in this game. But I don't know if we'll do that. And I think when Peter Barrow score one, it could then go two, three, and then hopefully not four. But they've just got they've got players I wish we had. Uh, definitely their attacking line. I don't know how defensively how good they are defensively, but Dembele, Clark Harris, who we're linked with, Schmodox, you know, I think I said that right. Bear with me. Um, but just, yeah, what a forward line and that they score goals freely, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it, it's, it, it feels like they're coming into form and beginning to click with each other, which is which is partly why I, I feel that, that sense of dread and also partly... Because of because of the record against these kind of teams that Ipswich bring into this game, and also partly due to the the shellacking they were given when Peterborough came, I think it was February back in February of of last year. There's this little bit of me that thinks that Ipswich might actually do it in this game, and I don't know if that's hope burning burning in me or, or reason or or whether it's just excitement at, at the two new signings or a thought that it's got to happen eventually, but. I can't lie. It feels it feels like a daunting game, and it and it shouldn't really. I don't think any League One game should really feel like that for Ipswich, should it, Stu? But it kind of that's kind of where I, I feel with it. Yeah, that's just good for all the factors that you've outlined. The performances against Peterborough, not just last season, but historically, we. Uh, I'm trying to think of an Ipswich win against them. I think they got a little bit of revenge for the 7-1 under Jewel in the reverse fixture. But other than that, they've, they've not beaten Peterborough for a while. I know that means nothing in the in the, the current day, but it, it all feeds into the psyche, doesn't it? 
you're right, they're coming into form. Peterborough, you know, another player that they've they've signed and sold for good profit. And even Tony, I think it took them a little while to find their feet again after after the massive hole that he left. But lo and behold, they've gone and signed Clark Harris, a player that Ipswich were were very much looking at in the summer. But he's gone to Peterborough. He's starting to to score goals now. Schmodich is starting to to score goals. In the last few weeks, Dembele terrorised Ipswich at, at Portman Road last season. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in short, I'm, I'm worried about this game. Do we see the two, new, both of the two new guys starting? Do you think? If if I was to take a stab at it, I think I would guess that Thomas probably would, and Harrop maybe not. Would you agree with that, guys? Hmm. Thomas is more likely, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, judging by the last couple of weeks, how Whipswitch I think Lambert has just gone with the risk element because he knows it's now or never, and he chucked the injured players in when perhaps we didn't expect Edwards and Bishop to start. But I think the temptation would be you've got your your shiny new toys that you want to play with straight away and. Um, he might, he might be tempted to just chuck them both in. Um, we'll see. So if you do, if you do that, who's who's making way of, for the say the two of them do go in there? I think Thomas. Thomas, I think Thomas will start. But who who you who's dropping out of the sides to facilitate this? That I guess would if they if you were talking like for like, it would be Bishop and Judge, unless you shuffle things a little more. Yeah, they'll be the two. I think those are the two players that the new boys are in direct competition with now. Yeah. For the record, I think my guess is going to be that Thomas comes in for Bishop, uh, Harrop on the bench, Judge Judge getting the start and moving into number 10. That's my guess, but purely a guess. What would you What would you do with these two, Ross? And, and indeed the rest of the team, the rest of the team as a whole. Uh, like... With Judge, is, um, he's an interesting one, isn't he, really? Because he has done okay the last few games. He's He has a really much on and off form. Um, but I think, yeah, Thomas in for Judge. Harrop is one of those things. Is he fully fit? Is he fully fit? Is that the question? Is that... Have we got, he's have not, he's not, so, so. He's not injured, but he's not um, kind okay. of... He's Let's say he's not match. He's not 100% match fit, but he's okay. he's fit. I think maybe yeah, leave him on the bench and then bring him on on the hour mark. Depends what the score is, and just you know, uh, another extra bit of quality we can bring on if we are still in the game. Um, and you know, maybe give Bishop another start, and then yeah, replace Bishop on the hour mark possibly. And then yeah, hope for the best. Really, hopefully they can be part of the the debut goal scorers. You know, we've got a list of different players who've done that, so hopefully they can do that. Stu, so what do it? You carry on. I was just going to say, Judge, I thought, added was one of the bright spots from the rare bright spots from the Swindon game. Who was playing as as the number ten is no doubt in my mind that he's a better player through the middle than he is out wide. So it's not impossible that they move him back in. You could you could play Bishop a little deeper uh, if you wanted to. I because of the nature of the the team that they're playing and the fact that Peter would play sort of Dembele. And Schmodic is kind of a narrow two behind Clark Harris. I think to leave Andre Dezel as your sole sitting midfielder in this game would would be 
potential suicide. I just don't know if Downs is anywhere near ready enough at the moment. It's been great to see him back, but if we're if we're honest, he looks like he's a, a, a small percentage of uh, full battery at the moment to me. I haven't seen him, you know, covering all all blades of grass and careering into tackles at the moment. So that would that would be a decision to make. But well, going back to your earlier point, Stu, with with this. This would be an ideal one for Cole Skews, wouldn't it? Not necessarily in terms of he's not he's not lightning quick. He's not going to be tracking these runners, but in terms of knowing where the ball's going to break and that and positional like positionally being sound, this would be ideal. He'd be if he was available, that would, he'd be ideal, wouldn't he, for this game? Yeah, like now, got, now I've got creative attacking players coming out of their ears, but I look at those if you're going to be playing sort of two deeper midfielders. You're still fairly short on options, aren't you? You're talking about Dazelle and Downs with McGavin as kind of the backup for for those positions at the moment. Emma Hughes, if we're throwing him into sort of the the mix as a a deeper midfielder, um, no, Nolan. We haven't really discussed Nolan, who mm. is capable of playing what they would describe as a, as a six. Um, I'm struggling to see where he fits now. If I'm completely honest, with, with where where does he fit into this team now when fit John Nolan for all the qualities that we've talked about he's not done it consistently enough and I, I, I don't see I don't see him getting in the team ahead of Dazelle I don't see him getting in the team ahead of Downs I don't see him ahead of Harrop I don't see him in an advanced role instead of Judge where does he fit and this isn't necessarily a conversation we need to have massively now but I'm struggling I'm struggling to see where he fits into the jigsaw now He's an option for one of those two sitter roles. If you're playing with a sort of four-two-three-one, I think he's one of those in there that perhaps is the link between, you know, almost sits in between a Dazelle and a, a Judge slash Harrop slash Bishop. He's kind of that that link man that can arrive late and score a few goals and and keep the ball neat and tidy. But you're right. There's a there's suddenly a lot of traffic in in those positions at the moment. Anything else going into this team? We haven't talked about the back four at all. Is that is that the same back four that kept a week uh, a clean sheet a week ago? Uh, probably because defensively they were very good at Burton, but this is this is a different game entirely. Uh, I think it was a good shout to put Toto in. It was it was a back to basics day on a on a poor pitch at Burton against a team that's quite direct and scrapping for their lives and, and the decision to go with, with Enciala and McGuinness was was justified. Um both got into the team of the week. This is a different type of game now. I think you'll see Clark Harris sort of starting central but running the channels and dragging people into areas that they don't want to go. You've then got sort of the Schmodix and Dembele and other midfield runners coming into space. My fear is that you go with the you you have to stick with the team that's just kept a clean sheet and defended well, but this is a different type of game and NCR was good, very good last weekend, won so many headers, made some really big tackles, but we all know there is a, a big rick coming from him at some stage. Um a rush of blood to the head moment. I, I also think McGuinness has got that in him as well. I think his his rawness is there to see that he wants to attack every ball and I think he's still learning when to attack the ball and when not to. That's the kind of weakness in his game at the moment. So the combination of the two of them up against a, a tricky strike force, it's a, it's a concern for me. 
it's a completely different style of attack to what Burton offered last weekend, isn't it? With kind of big man Aikens attacking it from the right wing and then Kane Hemmings through the middle. Is there an argument then, while we, I think we all probably agreed that it, Wolfenden dropping out of the side was a, was a reflection of some poor form from him, would he actually suit this game better than having two kind of blood and thunder centre-backs against three... Well, even Clark Harris has got a bit of nous about him. He's not kind of a target man type. There's a three-pronged, tricky, technical, clever, dynamic forward line against blood and thunder centre-backs and 35-year-old full-backs. I'll bring in in Wolfie, to be fair. Um, The the hard decision is who do you replace, Toto or McGuinness? I feel Wolfie has got a little bit of pace. He's not the quickest, but he's got a bit of pace. And of course... That forward line, they've got a bit of pace there. So you need some players to at least catch up to them at some point. Because, yeah, Chambers and Ward are not quick, are they? Um, it's just a decision. I don't really know. Possibly bring in Wolfie for McGuinness. And then I know McGuinness scored the goal and kept a clean shoot with Toho. I think just maybe a little bit different. You know, keep Toho in now. I know he's got the mistakes in him, but he had a you know man-of-match performance. You've got to keep him in. So it's, it's a hard decision, really. <laughs> you mm. think... You know, that position has always been maybe easy to say, yeah, drop him, drop him. But after that last week, I know they're playing a very different side in Burton. But you've got to just, you know, have a really good think of who you want to be playing at the back four against a team like Peterborough. So, yeah, Wolfie in for McGuinness. Um, there you go. Can I give you one positive going into this game? Because we've been quite doom and gloom about it. Um the wide areas is where Ipswich could get some joy in this game. They, they play a wing-back system. Um, they've got, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the right wing-back is out at the moment, isn't he? So they've had sort of Carnu deputising there at the moment. So if Ipswich can make the overload work down the flanks, and they should have in, in Thomas and Edwards some ability to be able to do that. And we I think we need to see more of Ward and Chambers in in support of, of those two. Um, you know, if they start on the front foot and utilise that overloads down the flanks, that is where they could they could get some joy. But I, I just think that this is a game where Ipswich need to go into it almost with a, you know, just really on the front foot and look to, to score goals. Um, it's a completely different game to last weekend. And I think it will all determine, you know, those first 20 minutes is a cliche are going to be massive. And that first goal in particular is, is going to be huge. My next question, Sue, was going to be, what's the roadmap for Ipswich winning this game? But is that, is that it, you think? Hit them hard, lay a marker, and don't let Peterborough kind of dictate a game and let it get away from them. Is that is that the way Ipswich are going to be successful in this game? Yeah, for me, quick start. Strength down the, down the sides, overload down the sides. That, that's Ipswich's... Uh, that's the way it's which can win this game. Yeah, and, and coupled with that has to come has to come some solid central midfield play as well, doesn't it? In terms of if you look at the if you look at the space that Scott Twine was given to score that goal for Swindon two weeks ago, that kind of space for these creative midfielders to work is gonna kill Ipswich if they if they do that momentarily, isn't it? Either either by giving them that space in front of goal or that space in behind the midfield and in front of the defence to run. Because if you look at two of P- the two Peterborough goals from their come from behind winning against Charlton on, on Tuesday night, both of them were, were kind of 
good work from Clark Harris and then kind of the rush coming from midfield because it from Schmodix, they have they can't allow that to happen, can they? Otherwise Ipswich are Ipswich are gonna get beaten off and that's a that's a bad expression. Um but <laughs> Ipswich don't match midfield run as well, do they? So for me that's the worry, but thank you for offering some lights, Stu, because it feels like we all uh, we all needed it. Stop smiling. It's not that funny. I'm saying nothing. Grow up. Grow up. Right. Um before we before we exit stage left, we'll uh, we'll do the uh the customary predictions. Um I'm gonna go to you, beacon of beacon of light, Stuart Watson. Do you believe your own your own preachings of wing play and fast starts? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not, in my, not, in my, not in my heart of hearts. I tried to summon some of that and <laughs> I I hope to be sort of pleasantly surprised, but I just I just feel like they're more match ready for this game. Uh, they're coming into form ips which are still this is all going to be very new to them and still finding their feet. I think um, I can't see past a defeat. I'm not quite sure what what the scoreline will be. Um, you're going to ask me for one, aren't you? Um, um, I'm going to ask you for one both now and in about 25 minutes when we record our boot room video. So um, try and give the same one in both and, and see what you can come up with, please. 2-0, Peterborough. 2-0. I'm going to say 3-1 to the posh men. Um, Ross, are you going to end, end the pod with some, some positive energy or are you going to add to uh, our feeling of impending doom? Yeah, the latter. Um, I'm sorry. I would like to give some positive positivity, but can't see it happening. Um, can't see us scoring. 3-0 defeat. Sorry. 3-0. Oh dear. Oh dear. What a depressing way to end a podcast um thankfully we're not going out on on the pitch and uh, some professional footballers can try and do a better job than we're than we're predicting there um because this if they can win um this would be a massive win for Ipswich Town we know their struggles against League One promotion contenders we've been talking about it for over a year um so it would be quite nice to sit down on Monday and gaze at you both through my laptop to be able to discuss a victory. So um, here's hoping. It's never impossible. Um, I'm terrible at these outros. So all I'm going to say is leave reviews, subscribe to the pod, listen to the pod, and uh, come back and join us on Monday, where hopefully we can talk about three points, uh, three points for Ipswich Town. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
at audiobeam.com slash channel slash heart.